This is Golf with Jay Delsing. A two-time All-American at UCLA. A participant in nearly 700 PGA Tour events. Seven professional wins to his credit. Over 30 years of professional golf experience. A member of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. This is Golf with Jay Delsing presented by Darty Business Solutions. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Over there, that's Jay Delsing. Our guest coming up, Brandel Chambly, the lead analyst for the Golf Channel. Always opinionated. Should be a lot of fun with him. But first and foremost, Jay, good morning. Great to see you. You too, Danny. Good morning. Yeah, Brandel is... He's kind of must-listen to TV, radio, whatever, because he doesn't mince words. He's an incredibly bright guy, Danny. He is well-read, and he researches things like no one in the game. few things I want to get into, because he's been so passionate and opinionated about this, but number one on the list would be Phil Mickelson. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, to me, strange banter through social media that goes back between Phil and and Brooks Kepka and Brandel. Sometimes I like the fact that Brandel doesn't back down, and other times I'm like, why are we wasting our energy on this stupid stuff, guys? And I want to ask him, too, about Liv. He has come out with the merger upcoming with Liv and the PGA Tour. He's also been very opinionated, passionate about that. He was one of the guys that was one of the biggest naysayers about what happened with Liv and saying, hey, basically... If you're a player and you want to go do that, that's fine. But adios. And now they could be welcome back into the game. And I say welcome, kind of. So I, I do really look forward to hearing what he has to say about this. Yeah, no question, Danny. I mean, and that's kind of the recurrent theme that we're hearing. Curtis Strange, Tom Watson, Lee Trevino, all of these guys said, listen, you're an independent contractor. You signed this deal. Go. But don't come back and say, well, I want to come back on the PGA Tour. I want my cake and eat it too. I mean, there's so many questions that remain unanswered with this this sort of stuff. And I know Brandel doesn't have the answers either. We text back and forth all the time. But we're all waiting to just see what this is going to look like and, and what golf and say 2025 is really going to look like. And what is Tiger Woods going to look like? When I ask him about that, he is around Tiger. When Tiger's playing at these majors, he knows many of the people associated with Tiger. Can Tiger eke out one more win? Will he stay on the PGA Tour? Is it only going to be the Champions Tour? The injuries have caught up. So getting his opinion on that should be fascinating too. Oh, absolutely, Will. I, I love it. And like you said, I think one of the things that you said right at the hop here, Brandel's not short of opinion. Oh, man. Man, he comes out strong. And I, we were we were laughing and joking, um, oh, gosh, a couple years ago, we were, how'd you get to be such an authority on, on this stuff? And I was giving him a little needle, but also – yeah, I mean, he he comes out strong, and he said, "This is you know, this is what they want me to do. This is what I do. I, I research. None of his stuff comes without at least several really strong foundational basis in in some sort of uh, truth, at least in his mind." So, Brandel Chambly will be our guest. This is Golf with Jay Delsing on the Range, is presented by the Gateway Section of the PGA and Family Golf and Learning Center located in Kirkwood. I want to go back to just a week ago. It's, it's kind of a feel-good story of the PGA Tour and Ricky Fowler at the head of the class. And Ricky returns to the winner's circle. Since his last win on Super Bowl Sunday in 2019, 
He's since become married to his wife, Allison, and became a father to his daughter, Maya, his sixth career win. Hey, what's up, everyone? Ricky Fowler here, uh, 2023 Rocket Mortgage Classic champion. Just thanks to everyone for, for the support over the years, especially over the last few when we've been struggling. Um, this one feels good, and this one's for all of you. I know you feel this way, Jay, but it's awesome to see Ricky Fowler win again on the PGA Tour. Danny, how many texted messages did we send between each other on Father's Day when we were really hoping that Ricky would get the get the job done at the U.S. Open? It would have been a major championship, his first win, but it didn't happen. This is fantastic. The look on his face when that birdie putt went in on Relief, the playoff hole, huh? he was like, I cannot believe I actually got to the top of the mountain. And it can, it's it's great for the game. Yeah, how do you not root for this guy? He's got his adorable little daughter in his hands. And we know this being dads and, and, and definitely having daughters, how special they are. And getting getting to, to get back into the um, – into, into the real mix in the PGA Tour. It's just awesome. Now he's in contention. He's been in contention a bunch, and maybe some of this credit, which goes to the player, obviously, but he reunited with Butch Harmon, and that's obviously made a difference. It really did. And, Danny, what came to light here, folks, and I'm not sure if you knew this, but the reason that Ricky and Butch split up years ago was because Butch wanted to pull back. Butch is not a young man. The travel, it, look, it's tough traveling all the time and spending all those hours out on the range. And so... So what Ricky did was he created this, uh, these ideas and stuff saying, hey, how about if we do this? We'll use this app. We'll send these videos. We don't need to be right in front of each other, and you can help me out. And, we, you know, he's also got his brother who is a member at the medalist where Ricky plays out all the time that's also giving him some intel. And so they wound up working it out. And Butch Harmon, Danny, you can say a lot of funny things about Butch. He's married the same woman twice. He's done a lot of um, things. He has never screwed up a PGA Tour player, which is saying a lot. And he is the quintessential teacher on the PGA Tour, man. Guys seem to thrive. And you know why, Danny? He doesn't try to change what the player does well. He tries to take what he has. You look at Dust DJ with that super shut club face, and Bush didn't try to change that. He tried to just coordinate his body and get him to move more and quit trying to hit draws and hit more fades and things like that. Butch takes what the player does well, and he maximizes it, and that is not easy to do. Well, you know, the Ascension Charity Classic, not that far away. But last weekend, the U.S. Senior Open, Bernard Longer wins at the age of 65 his 46th Champions Tour win to break Hale Irwin's longtime record. And after that, he was asked, how much longer can you go? I really don't know. It all depends uh, if I'm staying healthy or not. There's a lot lot more aches and pains right now than I have been 10 years ago. But uh, I, I still enjoy the game. And if I play like I did this week, I'm going to play, keep playing. But, you know, there have been the odd week when I saw, what are you doing out here? Go home and play with the grandkids, you know? Congratulations. What a week. The record's all yours. Bernard Langer, Thank you. U.S. Senior Open Champion. So Longer now qualifies for the 2024 regular U.S. Open. Buddy, he's going to be 66 when he's playing in that. <laughs> he's amazing. The fact that he's German, it reminds me of a German machine. He, you know, he just he just keeps going and going. And I, I love how, um, you know, he's experienced some lows in his most recent play. But, man, he just keeps on going. Danny, watch that putting stroke. That putter wobbles all over the damn place. 
This guy still battles the yips, and he continues to win. He's won over 100 tournaments around the world, over 40 events on the on the DP European Tour, and now, what, 46 on the Champions Tour? Over, I mean, what, what can you say that hasn't been said about him? We were just talking about Butch Harmon. Leads us to our tip of the week and tip of the cap, which is I know that you're, you're talking about teachers. We're in the full swing of golf here in the summer, so teachers are taking center stage right now in the game of golf. Absolutely. We want to thank Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood and Colin Burnt. 314-966-0303. Guys, any sort of vehicle you need, Colin's your guy. You can email me, jay at jdelsongolf.com, and I'll introduce you to Colin. We're tipping our cap to teachers. We've got local teachers from the gateway section that are out there eating hooks and slices for <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Danny. And they're sponsoring the On the Range segment along with Adam Betts and his great team of over 10 instructors down at Family Golf and Learning Center making people better at their game. And it's happening all across our region, not only at these two folks that, that sponsor us, everywhere, driving ranges out in the country. Danny, the, the, our, our hat's off to them. It's not an easy job. You're out in the elements, and it has been hot lately. So our, our hat's off to those men and women that are helping people get better at their game and, and making our game better. And we want to thank Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood, 314-966-0303. It's Colin Burnt, and he'll help you get a vehicle. Randall Chambly is coming up from the Golf Channel. We're going to get into his broadcast history, LIV, Phil Mickelson, and Tiger Woods. All coming up. This is Golf with Jay Delsing, presented by Darty Business Solutions. That was On the Range with Jay Delsing. For news on the latest golf equipment, tips, and to ask Jay a question, log on to jdelsinggolf.com. Coming up, it's the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. Darty Business Solutions, the title sponsor of the Golf with Jay Delsing Show, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over 2,500 teammates in over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consulting firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the St. Louis region? Of course they are. But here are a few other important things to know about Doherty Business Solutions. They are the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. They are the presenting sponsor and were the first presenting sponsor of the Advocate Professional Golfers event at Glen Echo that will be held there this year as well. They are also the founders of Access Point. This is a community game changer. It builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, chaired the 2023 Heart Ball this year. It supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are more examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions does in our community. The Legends of Golf return to St. Louis in 2023. You won't want to miss one of the strongest fields in golf. Ernie Els, Steve Stricker, Bernard Longer, John Daly, and many more when they compete for the 2023 Ascension Charity Classic title September 5th 
through the 10th at historic Norwood Hills Country Club. All proceeds benefit area charities. Together, we were able to donate over $1 million to those most in need last year. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com. The official vehicle provider of the Golf with Jay Delsing show is the Dean Team. The Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. They provide me, Pearlie, and our families with all of our cars. The reason we went with the Dean Team is because we could trust them. We knew at the Dean Team they were going to take care of us, and they have. They made the entire car buying experience so simple. It was more than just simply selling us a vehicle. The Dean Team made our car buying experience seamless and enjoyable throughout that entire process. The Dean Team has the complete car buying steps done before you head into their showroom. They're ready to answer all your questions and set your mind at ease when buying a vehicle. At the Dean Team, they offer new, pre-owned, and all the services included with your Dean Team purchase. When you're with the Dean Team, they become lifelong friends. The Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood, located on Manchester Road in Kirkwood. The Dean Team. This is Dan McLaughlin, inviting you to the 21st Annual Dan McLaughlin Golf Tournament to benefit the Special Education Foundation. This tournament has raised over $5 million, and 100% of the money raised has gone to children with special needs in our community. To sponsor, volunteer, or to play in the event on October 9th at Norwood Hills Country Club, please visit sef-stl.org. I'll see you on October 9th at Norwood Hills Country Club. is the front nine on golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is presented by the Ascension Charity Classic, September 5th through the 10th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Find out more at ascensioncharityclassic.com. Golf with Jay Delsing, the front nine. We're presented by Darty Business Solutions. Our guest, Brandel Chambly, the lead analyst for the Golf Channel, Golf Central, and for its live from coverage of major championships. He's our guest today, and Jay, he is one of the best in the business. He really is. Brandon, good morning, and thanks so much for joining us. I so appreciate you jumping on. How are you this morning? Uh, terrific. Uh, happy to join you, you both of you, Jay. Uh, Danny, uh, you know, of course, Jay, you and I have been friends for, I don't know, back when we were riding a horse and buggy to college. So, uh, <laughs> a long, a long, long time ago. And as we were talking about before we came on, uh, here we are. We're still talking about golf. We still love it. It still takes us to some great places. It allows us to meet some some nice people and uh, et cetera. We never we never stop. I'm taking a golf trip this weekend with my wife. We're going to meet some friends and play the TPC Sawgrass. And then I'm coming back home and then going to work. And then I come back home and go on another golf trip to, to the East Coast with some, some good buddies. So uh, the game still treats us pretty good. We got so fortunate. I mean, I can remember meeting you when I think we were – Definitely teenagers, 17, 18, 16, something like that. But here we are in our 60s, and the game still provides, man. Between the two of us, we have eight children, and they've all done well. And this game, we kind of outkicked our coverage in this game, so to speak. <laughs> it's been it's been great to us. Uh, you're right, though. When, when I talk to young kids, I, I tell them, and I'm, I'm sure they're rolling their eyes, but it is a game for a lifetime. It's also a, a game about lifestyle. But I don't know any other game that you can play, I mean, I guess tennis, but I don't know that people travel to go play tennis, uh, but they definitely travel to play golf. And 
you know, so you make these great friendships and you get to travel together and it's, it's, uh, there's nothing like it. It's, uh, it's fortunate that I, I took up tennis. I, I was riding horses when I, excuse me, when I took up golf. I was riding horses when I took up golf and I'm quite certain I wouldn't still be riding horses, uh, <laughs> or I wouldn't be traveling to ride them. Uh, so, so golf's been great to me and, and it's great to all of us. So, I mean, it's a uniter. It, it, it brings people together. You're going to these fabulous trips to play these different courses and have these different experiences. And it, it's, it's something that, you know, as young people, I have no idea. Um, right. But, you know, you can provide an, an, an invitation to someone that otherwise you'd have no way of getting introduced to this, that's, this person. That's so true. When I, when I traveled uh, out to Arizona, I was going to school at the University of Texas, and we had some college event in Arizona. Uh, and they had an am-am before it started. And I was a pretty big country music fan uh, back then. Still am, I guess, but I was crazy back then. And uh, I get paired with Glenn Campbell. Uh, and you know, this is back in the rhinestone cowboy glory day. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he was known as, you know, obviously a great country star, but also a premier guitar player, but he had just bought a brand new Corniche Rolls Royce convertible. And, and so we, we go out and we play in this pro am, am, we win it and to celebrate. He's like, come on, let's celebrate. And I was like, well, you know, what do you want to do? He goes, I just got this new uh, Rolls Royce convertible. Let's go drive up and down uh, Scottsdale Road. So we go <laughs> driving around in this Rolls Royce, and he's got the radio on playing Rhinestone Cowboy, and he's singing it at the top of his lungs. And, and, I, and I'm looking around. It's sunny. It's beautiful. And there's palm trees everywhere. We just won this tournament, and I'm in the car with flipping Glenn Campbell singing his biggest hit when it was his biggest hit. That's and, awesome. And I thought, well, this this isn't a bad day. No. Uh, and and you know, then I'm you know, I eventually moved here. And you're right, between all the baseball players and the football players and the basketball players and the hockey players and the entertainers that all love this game, uh, it is a unifier and 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 everybody else from every other walk of life who loves this game, it's uh it is a unifier. It brings people together from from pretty much every facet of life. We're all intrigued by this game. Uh, and we're all frustrated by it. And the game has kept you very active with television. When you're on the PGA Tour, did you ever envision becoming a lead analyst for this great sport that we love? No, I didn't. Uh, you know, when I when I was I was asked a few times in the '90s to do some TV stuff, and or if I would consider it. And I remember being borderline offended, uh, thinking, you know, I'm a golfer. I'm not going to do TV. Uh, but, you know, the thing I now know about TV is that they really do keep an eye out for uh, people as they approach their 40s and as they begin to matriculate towards the bottom of leaderboards. <laughs> 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 and uh, and they, you know, they, they look for anybody that could they think put a sentence together because they, they always are looking for people to do TV. Uh, you know, since I started in. I guess the first year I did TV full time was 2003 for ABC, but I moved into Golf Channel in 2004. Uh, but I mean, I, I would have, I bet I would have worked with, I don't even know, 20, 30, 40 different uh, professional golfers uh, who've come to the Golf Channel and stayed for a while, left for a while, whatever. But they're always looking, you know, even now, I mean, it, it won't, a month won't go by when I'm at the Golf Channel 
and somebody will ask me, you know, who of the young players do you think, you know, do you think would be good at TV? And, you know, you just never know, by the way, who will be good. You just never, ever know because there's people I wouldn't have thought would have been good who turned out good, people who I thought would have been great who just, you know, one of the things is you have to do the work. And, and you know, if they show up and they don't do the work, well, you run out of stories after about, you know, five times on TV. That's it. Every story you know, you've told. Uh, and, <laughs> so and then true. you got to come up with some new stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I never thought I was going to go into TV. I thought I'd play golf my whole life, but, uh, but life, life takes you on all these different trajectories. Randall, who's been your biggest influence on the television side? Not necessarily you wanted to emulate cause you have your own style, but is there somebody that you looked at in any sport and said, Ooh, I like how he's doing that. And that's maybe an influence yeah. in your career. Yeah, loads, loads for sure. Uh, certainly when I first got into TV, it was, you know, Bob Costas, Mike Tirico, certainly. Uh, as an analyst, Chris Collinsworth, I really enjoy, you know, his his work, his preparation comes through, his, his ability to get to the crux of an issue. And that's certainly it. The, the fellow that I work with, uh, who his work ethic, I, I certainly admire is Rich Lerner, you know, for sure. I can, I can, I can remember 2003, the Open Championship was at Royal St. George's that year, and then Curtis won. And we were in commercial break right before we went off the air for the week. The producer, I, I, I had finished, you know, my hole was the 16th. I'd finished, but I still had my headset on. And I remember the producer, we had about two and a half minutes in a commercial break. And he said, hey, Mike, when we come out of commercial break, we're going to show this video, a two-minute long piece of video. So the first time Mike's seen it is when we're in commercial break. So he rolls it. Mike's looking at it and I hear him say, yep, yep, yep. Got it. Okay, cool. Nice. Got it. And then boom, we're back on the air and Mike's got to sign off and he signs off to that, that piece of video. And you would have thought he had a month to write to those pictures. And he just, you know, every time he spoke, a picture popped up, he spoke perfectly, but it just did seamless. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. And then, you know, that's it. Thanks for joining us. And off we go. And, you know, that night I, I see Mike, and I'm like, man, that was an incredible, you know, piece of commentary. He's like, which one? I said, you know, there at the end of the show, he goes, oh, gosh, he said, I've been doing this 20 years. I said, yeah, I've been playing golf 20 years. I don't shoot 61 every time I go out. <laughs> uh, I, I certainly appreciate the way they've worked. Uh, you know, again, I love I love Nance and I love Dan Hicks. Uh, but I think every single time you, you watch TV, you can pick something up. But the, the danger, I would say, is you can you can certainly be influenced by people but the last thing in the world you want to do is try to copy them exactly because if you if you do it's just it's just not you uh i remember the first few years i was in tv before i really knew where to find information before i really felt comfortable all of those things and you had so many people telling you what to say when to say it how to look how to how to sit how to hold your hands and and they're all well-intentioned and none of it means anything until you get comfortable and then once you get comfortable you could do all the things that everybody told you not to do, and nobody notices them. Nobody. Because once you look comfortable, you can set however you want. You can have your elbow where they told you not to put it. <laughs> you can say things they told you not to say. It all works because you're comfortable, and, and it's yours. Um, so, you know, the, the hardest thing to do, and it sounds like it would be the easiest thing to do, is to just be yourself. Because TV is such a subjective world, you know, and golf is so objective. You shoot 65, nobody can tell you you didn't play great. 
On TV, you can do what you think was a great show. People say, ah, it wasn't that good. Or you can do what you thought was a crap show. People go, ah, a really good show. Or So it's so subjective. I felt like I just had to come up with my own criteria for success, which for me was to do you know, as much prep as I could. And that means what do you got to know? You got to know all the players. You got to know everything that's new that's going on with them, everything that's old that matters to give context. You got to know the golf course, and you got to know the situation. And then after that, you know all that stuff, one, because obviously you have to talk about it, but two, so you can just relax and listen. And then when you relax and listen, it becomes more conversational. So all of those things you find out along the way, and you put it together piece by piece. And again, back to Tariko, Mike told me, when I first got into television, he's like, look, it'll be about 10 years before you really get comfortable doing TV. And I would say he's about right. It takes a while to put all the pieces together. One of the things that I love that you do that I noticed that when Bob used to do the Olympics and he'd be in Beijing and he was always able to interject some sort of social issue or something that was relevant at the time that had something to do with the region or something, but not detract from the product, which is ultimately golf for you. But for him was the Olympics. That's not easy. No, it's not. And Bob was great at that. You know, I just think it takes a lot of time. You got to spend a lot of time doing prep, keeping current, and then always thinking about how is this relevant to the sport that I'm in? What's the larger picture? My wife teaches a, or she's an adjunct professor at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. You know, she asked me one day to come in and talk to the kids. She's asked a lot of people in journalism to do that. And I say kids, young adults. And, you know, the advice, you know, they're asking me, how do you do prep? And I said, well, I said, the best way to do prep really, I think, read as broadly as possible, way, you know, well outside the parameters of your particular interest, you know, whether whatever sport it is. Read as broadly as possible. And try not to lean too hard on all of the material that everybody in your in your little world is reading about. Because if you know, I get the packages or whatever, but I don't use the packages. I do my own research and I re- try to read as broadly as possible. And then the closer I get to an event, then I sort of narrow my focus more specifically to that. But you like to have as many analogies and metaphors and historical events that are relevant to what you're doing. But to do that, you have to read well outside your realm. And that's what I try to do. Phil Mickelson could have been a great TV analyst. There's no doubt about it. He could have been the ambassador for the PGA Tour, really for the sport. And I'm curious, Randall, how would you describe Phil Mickelson now as he's jumped from the PGA Tour to live and could have had all those different things that I just said? Yeah, I agree. I think Phil was on that track. I think Phil was, you know, Phil loved the idea, I think, of, of being a commentator. I think all the stars were lining up for him to do just that. Uh, unfortunately, his move to live, you know, likely makes that impossible. You know, the idea that somebody's going to get on TV and start talking reverentially about you know the back nine of the pga tour event when they've publicly talked about atrocities not in horror but with seeming glee because he can use them as leverage to get what he wants that's a tough hurdle to get over i don't know that anybody's going to get over that and that's why the sponsors bailed on him Uh, i think you know while phil's golf is uh nothing but stupefying you know his talent uh, and his longevity is is uh, Sam Sneed-like. Uh, Phil has always been, you know, an acquired taste. 
Uh, but watching him implode late in his career <clears throat> has been sad. I think uh, that's about it. To watch somebody, you know, torpedo their own legacy the way Phil Mickelson has. And, you know, it's not like there's any ounce of contrition in Phil. If there was, I think, you know, this country's very quick to forgive, but I don't see any, any uh, contrition in him. You know, narcissistic winners in anything. I mean, yeah, sure, people can win their way to popularity, but not really if they're just, if it's all about them. If it is just narcissistic winning, you know, that, that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. There was always that sense with Phil. But I think his transition and trying to recruit players to live without being able to see the big picture is at the very least narcissistic. And it makes him tough to listen to. He's easy to watch play golf, but he's very tough to listen to. Two-part question. Do you pay attention to live, number one? And number two, do you think the players regret it to some extent, jumping from the PGA Tour to uh, to live? I do pay some attention to live. I was talking to, uh, I won't call him out, but I was talking to a writer who covers Liv uh, at the Masters. There's not many, so you can, you know, it's one of five probably. So uh, I was talking to this particular writer. You know, he came over and dropped anchor at my table. I knew he'd been covering Liv. And in preparation for the Masters, I said to him, uh, you know, I, look, I was unable to find your game day stories. Game day stories, you know, the wrap-up uh, of the three rounds. Uh, every night they'd have a wrap-up. And then what happened on the last day and who won and why they won and all that. And he goes, oh, I, I haven't written a game day story. I say, what are you talking about? You don't write a game day story? And he goes, no, nobody writes a game day story about Liv. And I said, well, I think that tells me all I need to know about Liv. And he said, yeah, you're right. We don't write one because it's it's not so much about who won. It's the phenomenon of Liv. Brandall, how much did money uh, have to do with Phil making this move? I mean, I know we're not involved in the back room of Phil's inner circle, but something just reeks so much of this quote unquote 200 million that he got. It was almost like he had to do it. Even now it's sad. You watch Phil holding that coffee cup everywhere he goes, you know, it's, it's like his little teddy bear everywhere. Everywhere you see Phil, he's got this coffee cup in his hand. He's peddling his own coffee. You know, he's made hundreds of millions of dollars playing golf and he has to be peddling something to make more money you know i obviously we don't know his finances but the fact that he talks so much about money and is so obviously trying to sell things you know it's not hard to connect dots and say that he either you know has a endless greed for money or needed the money uh either way it seems to me that he's got this uh narcissistic narcissistic bent to him or itch and live live is helping him scratch it uh, you know, and, and, you know, Phil was always seemed to me like the guy who didn't matter if he was playing with a, a fellow who, you know, created an artificial heart. He would know more about artificial hearts than the <laughs> fellow he was playing with. Um, you know, I've, I've been around Phil a fair bit. I wouldn't say we were ever friends, but his friends are my friends. And, you know, I've listened to him enough to know that uh, he, he tends to think he's the smartest person in the room, even if he's in a room with the smartest people in the world. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Felt like he he thought he could run the PGA Tour better than they could. I mean, the numbers that he threw out, uh, it was a little more than a year ago, a year and a half ago, the numbers that he threw out, uh, one, they were wrong. They were all wrong. But two, it just spoke to the fact that he thought that, that he could run the PGA Tour better than they were. He was talking about the NFTs and the billions of dollars that you know he had to, should have the digital rights to. Just It showed a, an, an unbelievable naivete. naivete about somebody who ostensibly a bright guy about the business of sport 
No other sport allows the media rights, the players, to own their media rights to the extent that, that Phil was talking about. Otherwise, it makes their telecast uh, less valuable, which means sponsors go away, and the rest of the people who are making money in the sport are not going to make any money in the sport. So it was very selfish and narcissistic on Phil's part. Randall, if you can hold on, great insight into Phil. And I want to get into another guy when we come back that is a major player in the game of golf and has been for years, Tiger Woods. Your opinion, what's his future? We'll find out. This is Golf with Jay Delsing, presented by Darty Business Solutions. That was the front nine, presented by the Ascension Charity Classic. Coming up, it's the back nine and more of golf with Jay Delsing. I want to thank the Gateway section of the PGA again for supporting the Golf with Jay Delsing show. This is their third year of support. Over 300 men and women in our area supporting golf and making our golf experiences so much better. Through PGA Reach, PGA Hope, the Junior League, and the list goes on and on. These are just examples of programs and charitable aspects, different opportunities that our section supports and enhances in our community. Whether it's a driving range somewhere, your country club, or whatever it is, and it has to do with golf, our section and their members will have their hands in it and involved in it. Our professionals are there making the game better for everyone. We want to thank the Gateway Section of St. Louis. For the best in Italian cuisine in St. Louis, look no further than Paul Mano's, located in Chesterfield. It's traditional Italian cooking, and their best ingredient, it's their tradition. It's cooking like Paul's grandmother used to make and like his mother still prepares today. There are no corners cut at Paul Mano's, from greeting you at the door to the pasta you'll share with your family. Paul Mano's is committed to bringing you their very best anytime you share a meal at their place. It's Paul Mano's located in Chesterfield. This is Jay Delsing. Did you know that Marcone is the largest authorized appliance parts distributor in the world? That's right, the largest in the world. Did you know that Marcone is based right here in our backyard of St. Louis, Missouri? Well, that's pretty impressive. What's more impressive is the way that they give back to the St. Louis community and our region. CEO Jim Sowers has donated service dogs to the wounded servicemen and women of our armed forces. Suites at St. Louis Blues Games have been donated and auctioned off in which all proceeds were given to the backstoppers. Then there was the Marcone Police and Firefighters Viewing Deck at the Ascension Charity Classic this past year. It was a huge success. So much so that it's being implemented on other tour stops around on the PGA Tour. To Jim Sowers and his incredible team at Marcone, we want to say thank you. Thank you, Marcone, a proud sponsor of the Golf with Jay Delsing Show. Family Golf and Learning Center. No matter your age or skill level, Family Golf and Learning Center, located in Kirkwood, has something for you. They've got it all. PGA and LPGA instruction, double-decker driving range, par-3 golf course, trackman simulators, a large short-game green design to help you with all your shots around the green, bunkers, rough, and Zoysia fairway pitching. And now open the Tahoma Bermuda Grass Tees, the best turf to hit from in St. Louis. It's all at Family Golf and Learning Center. To schedule a lesson or to find out more, visit FamilyGolfOnline.com. That's FamilyGolfOnline.com. Family Golf and Learning Center. We make St. Louis better at golf. 
This is the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is presented by Pro-Am Golf, located in Brentwood. See what Pro-Am Golf can do for you. We move to the back nine on Golf with Jay Delsing, presented by Darty Business Solutions. That's Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Our guest, Brandel Chambly, lead analyst for the Golf Channel. Okay, let's jump right into it here, uh, Brandel. What is, in your opinion, the future of Tiger Woods on the PGA Tour? Now, isn't it amazing that he's, except for Genesis, where he made the cut, but he's played in, what, uh, four majors in the last year at 47 with every single part of his body in obvious pain you know point to any part of his body that that hasn't uh needed surgery uh you're hard pressed to do it from the neck to the back to the legs to the ankles to the feet all the way up and down and he still manages to make these cuts and majors i think that in in some ways is as telling as him winning by 15 shots it just speaks to his never quit i mean him grinding the cutout at the masters was amazing to me you run out of ways to sum him up I don't, after watching him at the Masters and watching over the last year and a half and listening to a lot of smart doctors tell me what likely transpired with his injury, everything they told me a year and a half ago seems to be spot on, the doctors. They they talked about a very specific bone in the bottom of his foot, essentially crushed in injuries. The right foot is either on the gas or the brake and you're going at a high speed. It, It generally breaks this bone. If it's a clean break, it'll heal up. It's called a talus bone. Uh, it's likely crushed. He said, they said to me a year and a half ago, his foot will be likely arthritic the rest of his life and it'll swell up every time he walks. Well, that's exactly what it looks like to me has taken place. Apparently last year at the PGA, some bolt came out of his knee or femur or ankle or leg, one of the injuries is and then apparently he needed another surgery after the Masters. And I read what the doctors said. There's no reason that he can't compete at the highest level. Uh, okay. Okay. If this doctor was able to find something and do something that no previous doctor was able to do and sprinkle magic dust in there, that would be great because it is. there's nothing that, that compares to watching Tiger Woods, even when he's hobbled and aging. There's nothing that compares to that in golf, maybe not even in sport. Every time he plays, I feel like this is the last time we're going to get to watch Babe Ruth at bat. That's what Tiger is. He's probably already given us, I don't know how many comeback stories he's given us. You can go back to the 2008 uh, U.S. Open. That was a comeback story. And 12-13 was a comeback story. And 18-19 was a comeback story. And every one of these is more improbable than the one that preceded it. On the one hand, he's given us plenty. And yet we still want, I, you know, wouldn't it be cool if he won one more time? and was 83, it seems to me it'd be the rightful place for him to be the the outright leader of all-time wins on the PGA Tour. But but perhaps him tying Sam Snead is romantic. As I said at the Masters, when Tiger came out and said, hello world, he didn't say hello America. He said, hello world. And he really did take golf and expand it globally. I have no doubt that it's in the Olympics because of Tiger Woods. I have no doubt that the reason that a certain dictatorial autocrat murderer in Saudi Arabia by the name of MBS thought that he could sports watch his legacy with golf is because Tiger Woods elevated the game to, well, the level of other sports in terms of interest. You know, for him to win his 82nd event in Japan, the first year that the PGA Tour went to Japan, in some ways brings his career full circle. 
because hello world and for him to win in other parts of the world in the U.S. in some ways seems fitting to me with his multi-ethnic background and his multi-ethnic appeal. uh, It it seems fitting to me that he that he was able to win in Japan for his 82nd victory on the PGA Tour. So I, I think that's a hell of a story if that's the final story of his career. And I don't think there's any doubt in my mind um, that if Tiger had the ability to manage himself a little better off the golf course and and some of these things would have broken differently, he would have probably won, I don't know, 25 to 35 majors, well over 100 tournaments, broken every single record that was ever written in the record books. Just wasn't meant to be for a lot of reasons. Do you see it that way? And also, I was told that if Jack... Nicholas had had more of a goal in terms of numbers of majors to shoot for that Jack probably would have had 25 and not 18. If you listen to Jack, sometimes he say he was chasing Bobby Jones record of 13. Sometimes he say he wasn't. Sometimes he said he didn't even pay attention to it. So, you, so it's hard to know, but the rest of the world was paying attention to it back when they counted Bobby Jones's amateur victories and British amateur victories as majors. It was 13. Other than that, it was Walter Hagen, 11 professional majors, and Jack passed that pretty quickly and then blew by Bobby Jones, 13. And yeah, there was no top of the mountain that Jack was trying to get to. He was just making the mountain t- uh, harder to climb for somebody else. And it turns out, you know, the victories that Jack had in 1980. We won the U.S. Open and the PGA at Oak Hill, by the way, and uh, and the Masters. Those were important because that's <laughs> that's the number of majors that separates Jack and, and Tiger Woods. You know, Tiger's got 15 professional majors. Jack's got 18. So Jack won those last three after turning the age of 40. Mm. And I hear your point about Tiger. I've, I've made that point. If you go back and you look at, you know, him changing his golf swing, 98, 99, and then again in late 2002, three, four. And then again in 2010, 11, and then again in 18, 19. And you take all those downtimes, droughts in terms of his victories, and you just apply the win percentages that he had before with whatever swing he was using and that he had after with whatever new swing he was using. It's easy to extrapolate to over 100 victories and 25 major championships. But I don't think you can you can separate those. A lot of people will ask, you know, it's an oft-asked question, who is the most overachieving golfer of all time? People love to say Corey Pavin because Corey didn't look like he possessed any great athletic skill, and he was diminutive and had little hands. And, and as you well know, having played with him at UCLA, he was one hell of a player. I don't think that you can separate I think the mistake people make is that they try to separate someone's tenacity, in the case of Tiger Woods, curiosity from who they are as a person. You you can't do it. It's more a part of their DNA than I would say their talent is. We tend to look at talent and we'll say, God, that person is blessed with so much talent if they only have just a little bit more discipline. But discipline is more and there's a lot of data, and a, a lot of documentation on this. Uh, discipline, if we're going to call it that, tenacity, is more a part of your DNA and who you are as a person than than your talent is. You know, whatever intangible quality you want to put to someone's athleticism, if you want to call it that, tenacity is who you are, and it's a part of who you are. So curiosity, I guess, was a part of who Tiger Woods is, and who's to say that Tiger Woods' career would have gone on, you know, in those downturns if if he hadn't piqued his own interest trying to climb another mountain. I think Tiger's only real competitor was himself. He had no other competitors. 
And as much as I thought it was crazy, him building these great golf swings and dismantling them only to build something back that was just as good uh, as before and carry on winning, to me, seemed like the craziest thing in the history of not golf, sport. You know, it'd be like Michael Jordan changing the way he hit a free throw uh, or a jumper in 1998. Or, or shooting know, left-handed Ruth. or something, you know, shooting it's so crazy, yeah. It's so crazy. It makes no sense. But that was it. It was Tiger's quest uh, for perfection. And the, the amazing thing about it is, and I think this is, at least in my view, this is the most unreachable aspect of Tiger's career amongst all of the things that no one else is going to do. I promise you, no one's ever going to uh, win majors with four completely different golf swings. Ascend to number one with four completely different golf swings. Hell, it takes a lifetime to to work out the problems in one golf swing. And, <laughs> Don't and, we know. And, and he did it four different times and came back to be number one. I think that was part of the fascination of Tiger. Early on, you know, Tiger, I mean, I, not that I'm friends with Tiger now. I, I see Tiger a few times a year. He's been nice and said hi the last few times I've seen him. His friends are the nicest people in the world, though. I mean, his friends are Noda Begay. Can't find a nicer guy than Noda. Steve Stricker. Can't find a nicer guy than Steve Stricker. John Cook. Marco Mira. Sean O'Hare, these are the best people you'll ever meet in your life. Those are Tiger's friends. So kind of easy to say Tiger must be a hell of a guy if he's hanging out with those guys. I don't know Tiger, essentially, but I know I know his friends. And it speaks volumes about the type of person, at least in my view, type of father that he is. You know, I think he's got other long-term interests now besides golf. And he, I don't think he gets enough credit for his philanthropic. Tiger is not so quick to talk about the Tiger Woods Foundation. And I think, to me, that's that's like the true essence of charity It's like somebody who more or less, not that he's doing it anonymously, but it's not the first thing you hear Tiger Woods talk about. It's, it's the 20 and yet he's helped, you know, thousands of kids make their way through sort of STEM classes, fund their education. Uh, and I think that that speaks volumes about, you know, Tiger Woods legacy uh, and the fact that he doesn't offer it up so quick, I, I think is, is another feather in Tiger's cap. Absolutely. Brando, you've been amazing with your time, and uh, we were talking off the air. I think you're the best uh, analyst in golf. You're honest. You you educate people, and uh, you've educated us during this visit. So thank you so much for doing this. Well, it's my pleasure, uh, Danny and uh, Jay. Uh, Danny, I hope our paths cross, Jay. Uh, look forward to seeing you again down the road. I've so enjoyed our friendship over the years, and uh, I look forward to talking to you all uh, again in the future and talking about some fat Greek. Uh, <laughs> Just, I'll be thinking about you guys when I do it. We can't wait to listen, buddy. Thanks so much. <laughs> Talk to you all later. Coming up, it's the 19th hole. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing, presented by Darty Business Solutions. This has been the Back Nine, presented by Pro-Am Golf. We'll make the turn into the clubhouse and head into the 19th hole. That's next on Golf with Jay Delsing. Powers Insurance and Risk Management combines 200 years of experience and cutting-edge products to deliver exceptional service, value, and clarity to their clients. Powers Insurance will deliver the highest quality property and casual insurance programs and strategic planning consultation services in the industry. Insurance can be overwhelming and confusing. It can be tough to understand. Powers Insurance simplifies it for you and your business. 
Powers Insurance and Risk Management will partner with you by providing ongoing assistance, consultation, and service that will help you control your insurance expenses and your workplace safety. Find out how Powers Insurance can help you. Visit powersinsurance.com. That's powersinsurance.com. Hi, this is Nick Ragone from the Ascension Charity Classic. And you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. Delsing here, and since 1975, Tom DeGrand and his children have founded and run the top golf store in all of St. Louis. It's located on South Brentwood. The DeGrands and Pro-Am Golf Centers have been helping all of St. Louis play better golf through better equipment, lessons on the indoor simulators, and by getting you fitted using the -the state-of-the-art technology. Call 314-647-8054 and set up your personal fitting with CJ. He's the best, and he will help you find the right equipment that's perfect for your game. For nearly 50 years, St. Louis has trusted their games to Pro-Am Golf. Don't you think it's time to take your game to the next level? Call 314-647-8054 or visit them on the web at ProAmGolfUSA.com. It's Pro-Am Golf. Hey, St. Louis, Delsing here. Call Redbird Heating and Cooling or visit them on the web at redbirdhvac.com to become part of their team. They offer great pay and the opportunity to become a licensed HVAC specialist while you work for them. This is a fantastic opportunity to earn a great wage. Don't wait. Call them today. 314-320-9507. That's 314-320-9507. Redbird Heating and Cooling. This is Golf with Jay Delsing, and let's head to the 19th hole. The 19th hole on Golf with Jay Delsing. Along with Jay Delsing, I'm Dan McLaughlin. We're presented by Darty Business Solutions. Our guest today, Brandel Chambly. A lot of things that he got into from Liv, Phil Mickelson. I love the stuff, though, on Tiger Woods. He said the only real competitor for Tiger Woods over the years and maybe moving forward is himself. Danny, so much. So, so true. I mean... So many self-inflicted massive injuries. I mean, even the physical ones, you know, with the, with the car accident. And, and then you start thinking about, you know, the, the stuff that happened in 2009 and, and that kind of chasm that he fell into. And then the, the return, man, he, the, the, you know, the one thing that golf had never had, they never had such a charismatic, charismatic champion since Arnold Palmer. Right, that was just so out there. And then you have Tiger, but Tiger brought in a drama to the golf scene too, Danny. And then you couple that with Phil Mickelson and his gambling and his thises and his thats. And all of a sudden, the the PGA Tour is a soap opera. Like Brandel said, when he came out, it wasn't hello United States, it was hello world. And how indicative of what was to come was that sort of statement. And and uh, that's what he saw. That's what he was raised to do. I mean, we've talked about this so many times. The biggest thing that I noticed about Tiger Woods when he would play on the PGA Tour was the fact that he had already seen the movie. 
He had watched himself. He had prepped himself. He was knowing that he was going to win these championships and then went and did it. He said it's the craziest thing in sport, and I, I happen to agree with it. Tiger Woods was number one in the world by a long shot. I mean a long shot. It wasn't even close, and he changes his swing four different times times explain to the listener out there changing your swing and how dramatic that is in the game of golf oh it's like it's like shaking hands left-handed it's like doing whatever you do the opposite way because this stuff gets so ingrained into the way that you move the way that you swing and things like that danny it takes such effort and so much time and and it just tells you what kind of worker what kind of work ethic this tiger woods had i mean this guy got, got something in his field of vision and, and just was relentless it's our final segment i forgot we need to give away some golf balls gotta let's do, do it. it right now we got to do it guys anybody Gals, you too. Anybody wants a dozen golf balls, compliments to Jeff Thornhill and the tailor-made golf company, TP5's Danny Mack. I saw you playing them last week. Left, right. Duck, duck hooks. <laughs> they keep the straight ones. They don't give us the straight. They don't get, give us the straight shooting ones. But just send me an email, J at jdelsongolf.com. That's spelled J J A Y on both ends of that. Put the word balls in the subject matter somewhere, and we'll put you in for the drawing. We just gave away four dozen the week of uh, of June, and uh, we're we're doing it again in July. So the ladies playing the TP fives. We know the guys are as well. Speaking of the ladies, it is the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach, my favorite course in the whole world. I love it. I got to play a U.S. Open there. Played numerous, I think, 26 AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Ams out there. Such, uh, so fortunate to have that happen. And this golf course is so iconic. I can't wait to see how the, how the women do. How about uh, the fact that you said this is your favorite course? You played all over the world. You played the best places of the best places. So why is this the best place? It's 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 right there on the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, it's pretty all cool. of that history, Danny. You've got the the lodge there, the tap room. The the it, it's just it's just driving into that area. It's one of my favorite areas in the whole world. That Monterey Peninsula, you know, Cypress Point is out there. You've got great golf courses around every corner. You've got seventeen mile drive for a, for a Midwestern kid to get to play Pebble Beach. You know, two or three hundred times. Like I mean, pinch me. And then shoot me. Hey, you're. I'm, no one's going to do that yeah. yet, Jay. So when you're on the ocean, though, the course can literally change throughout the day. Like like nothing you've ever experienced, Danny. I remember playing in the '92 U.S. Open, and I had I had birdied four of the first six holes in the with with no wind. Stood up on the seventh tee, that 98 yard par three, and I hit a seven iron. 98 yards, you hit a seven iron. The wind kicked up. The wind blew. It was a monster. It was a beast after that, and it. It was some kind of fun. And if you're watching, too, the marine layer, it comes in as well. That makes it a – and anybody that watched the Men's U.S. Open saw that with L.A. Country Club, but that happens at Pebble Beach, too. Oh, without question, and it can get extremely cold. Danny, I played in a U.S. amateur when I was, I think, a sophomore in college, and that was at the Olympic Club, which is down in San Francisco. I walked, went out to California. This is how much I knew California with one sweater. I wound up going to Walmart, buying a bunch of turtlenecks that I didn't have any money, and I wound up buying one, you know, U.S. amateur sweater, and we never saw the sun one day. So the marine layer is a thing in June and July. If you go out in October, bright and sunny and beautiful. The, the, it can be, I think that Mark Twain said one of the, the coldest summers I ever, or winters I ever spent was a summer out in, in San Francisco. 
The Ascension Charity Classic is around the corner. It's going to be at Norwood Hills. I keep asking you every week for an update, and let me tell the listeners about my man here. So that's going to be played from the tips, which Jay is shooting at least par, probably two to three, four under. But a couple of times we played up for different events that we've had out at Norwood. He puts up a 64, a 66. I'm not sure you're really interested anyway, but you're still putting up low scores. Your game is really in shape, man. It is. Thank you. It's really good. I've been I've been enjoying getting to play you, play with you and watch your game. Take your my money. Proving we'll take a little money here and there <laughs> just for the hell of it. But no, but the golf course is in great shape, and I can't I can't wait. It's I didn't realize, and I told you this as soon as it happened. I'm like something completely changed in the way I'm able to move and hit the golf ball. I, I picked up almost 15 yards with every club and, and you've seen it. And, and my iron game has come back. So I'm hitting quality iron shots every single day, still driving the ball pretty well, still putting the ball pretty well. So a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. I, I just can't wait. I can't wait to be really, really nervous, Danny. Gosh, I think of Nick, Nick Ragone and Steve Spratt and the whole Ascension group. For I just thank them for for bringing this to St. Louis, for bringing me on, and for giving me an exemption. I just I can't wait to play. I want to remind everybody we have a podcast together that drops every Wednesday. It's called Beyond the Fairways with an S. Beyond the Fairways with an S. We have some of the biggest names in golf. And as we wrap up the show, Barbara Nicholas was our guest, the first lady of golf this past week. But Jay, we got to run in just a moment. So what did you take away from the Barbara Nicholas interview very quickly? Just the sort of human being that she was. As soon as she jumped on the on the call with us, I introduced her to you. It was like she'd known you her whole life, and she was just, I mean, she has a certain light about her. There's love. Then you go, oh, yeah, and by the way, she and Jack have raised over $200, $300 million since 2004. Incredible. Forget about what happened before then. And, you know, she, she started, she gave it some advice about, for tour wives, she counsels Ricky Fowler, who calls her her second mom. When she talked about how delighted she was about him winning again, and so I mean, she just puts a smile on your face and makes you feel good. She really does. This has been a lot of fun. Brandel Chambly, our guest, and for Jay Delsing, I'm Dan McLaughlin. Jay, how do we end the show? Hit up straight, St. Louis. Family Golf and Learning Center, no matter your age or skill level. Family Golf and Learning Center, located in Kirkwood, has something for you. They've got it all. PGA, LPGA instruction, double-decker driving range, par-3 golf course, trackman simulators, and so much more. This is St. Louis's premier practice facility. To schedule a lesson or to find out what they can offer you and your family, visit FamilyGolfOnline.com. That's FamilyGolfOnline.com. Family Golf and Learning Center. Hey, this is Jay Delsing for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros on the PGA Tour use. SSM Health Physical Therapy has the Titleist Performance Institute trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screening on you as well as use the KVEST 3D motion capture system. Proper posture, alignment, etc. can help you keep your game right down the middle. We have 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at ssmphysicaltherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. To connect with Jay, log on to jdelsinggolf.com. You'll see the latest in equipment, find the latest innovations in golf, and get tips from a PGA professional. That's jdelsinggolf.com. 
Hey guys, Jay Delsing here, and listen up. Remember this name, Redbird Heating and Cooling. That's Redbird Heating and Cooling, 314-320-9507. This is a family-owned and operated St. Louis business. Owner and CEO Jed Dickinson leads their apprenticeship program called the Veterans Vocational. He will teach and sign off on educational and mechanical work hours while you get licensed as you get paid working for the company. That's Redbird Heating and Cooling, 314-320-9507 or redbirdhvac.com. Start your new career as a licensed HVAC specialist with Redbird Heating and Cooling.